Hi, Brian here from EDA Correct. During the recording of this episode, there were two moments where my internet cut out randomly. Normally this wouldn't be an issue, but we recorded the episode over Zoom due to having a guest on who runs a local store, and we lost about 90 seconds of recording. Unfortunately, one of the spots we lost was actually how to contact and find his store online. When we post the episode on Facebook and Twitter, we'll include some links to find them. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. I love that. I love that sound. So, so good. Zoom the is voice. our friend. The voice. Uh, welcome to EDA Direct, everyone. Uh, the podcast about Finite Commander. And uh, we will be, we have a special guest today, actually, don't we? Have we to? do. Just waiting on the sidelines here for just us to introduce Quietly waiting. Yeah. Uh, we are on episode 89 today and, uh, and pretty stoked, actually, for this guest, uh, mostly because um, those of you who know us know that we don't shill. We don't shill stores and we don't shill magic for sure uh we speak like we like we like we mean damn it uh so we've never really brought this this store up this 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 fellow manages at the our local store but he's also um more importantly sort of one of the reasons that this podcast even fired so it's been really exciting this has been on the go for god I think we've been trying for months <laughs> to arrange. We, we had to. Store, we had to set up a whole. Show. We had to set up a whole Zoom account and everything just. Just to, but just in the background, like constantly going back and forth. Then I got COVID when we wanted to fire it, so we had to do a COVID episode, and it was just it's been a nightmare. But we have him here, uh, Josh from the Deck Box. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. How's it going today? It's, it's been a good day. I mean, Evan doesn't work for a living anymore, but I do. So, uh, you know, I was at work. <laughs> I got a haircut today. I did something productive. I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Starship Trooper, calm down. Um, so, Josh, we, we know a bit about you, but why don't you tell everyone uh, why they should uh, care about what you have to say here? And get, toot your own horn, as we say. Oh, I'm real bad at that, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my name is Josh. Uh, I'm one of the owners of the deck box here in Halifax. Uh, we do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, magic is definitely one of the things we do. Uh, as far as like, you know, why my opinion might matter. Uh, I'm really big on organized play. Uh, you know, we, we sell magic, but you know, my my main interest is doing events. My main interest is having people out and being a social gathering spot. So we sell a bunch of stuff. Uh, that's kind of to make sure that I can pay the bills and have staff and do all the events I want to do. Uh, we've been doing this for about uh, going on eight years, nine years now. I think it'd be nine years this, no, it'll be eight years this September. And that, that's uh, just eight years here in Halifax, correct? Yeah, that'll be eight years here in Halifax. I've been doing this since 2000 and, oh God, uh, 2011, I want to say, is when I started my first store in Summerside. And then we expanded here. And then, uh, yeah, no, it's been kind of wild perfect yeah no it has been actually wild we've been i mean i started playing commander i think in 2016 and uh yours was the shop that i played on when you were up the road instead of uh where you are now yeah we were i was looking at some old photos the other day actually because it's the, this is kind of our anniversary it's coming up in a couple of weeks for the store oh, and i was nice. a little nostalgic so i go back and look at photos i was looking at photos of our old spot and the and the originally when we moved in it's like 
of the tables we built by hand. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All, all, I, I, all the I, lack of shelving that I had. <laughs> I I miss that back room at the deck box where all the modern <laughs> all the modern players would try to steal our tables because they just didn't think Commander was a thing in 2016 and thought we were all that's goofing fair. off. Uh, that is fair. <laughs> that's where the term that's your store is where the term modern trash came from that we use today in our Patreon. Uh, you can pay you can pay the highest tier and you become modern trash. Um, just because we used to compete I, with them for space all the time. Well, now, now no one has to share. We, we can see like 80 now. So. Yeah, yeah. We don't come up as much anymore. The space is big. Um, what we did now, now you mentioned that you, you sell magic for sure, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is still true. You do have a rather like high status in the, in the, in the, your store has like a high status for like magic sales. Does it not? Yeah, so in terms of like, you know, there's not an official ranking for it, but basically Wizards of the Coast came out a couple of years ago uh, with their um, with their premium store designation. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, premium store is a factor of a couple things. Uh, one is sort of like you know, events that you run, uh, but there's also a lot of softer metrics to those too. So they kind of look at, you know, community and also, you know, sort of like you know, the atmosphere and the experience. Uh, so it's not enough to kind of just like sell a bunch of cards. It's more in line of, you know, you have to be a place where they're like, you know, they want to list you as sort of the best of the best uh, in terms of just not only the, you know, what you have on offer, but also on the in-store experience, how people get treated, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and they reached out to us. Oh, geez. Uh, when the program first started, uh, they, <laughs> they called me out of the blue one day and they were like, yeah, we need you to sign an NDA. Uh, I need you to talk to my boss's boss. I'm like, Okay, that ne- never in my life has anything good started with. I need you need to talk to my boss's boss, um, or so I, I you need to sign, sign an NDA. NDA. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, so they got us on a call, and they were like, "Well, you know, you know." And this is back at our Quinpool location. For those of you who are familiar with us, our Quinpool location was nice, but it's nowhere near kind of what we have today. Oh no, um, no, no, God, so it's, it's, you know. And we and they approached us and said, you know, we'd like you to be you know, our first, um, you know, premium location in Canada, we, you meet all the guidelines, we're sort of having a conversation with you to sort of see, you know, you know, if that's something you're interested in being, and if so, you know, if we can sort of use you to kind of promote, you know, this is what a premium store looks like, which is super flattering. Um, and yeah, no, it was a, it was a surprise, because for us, like, we've always sort of, you know, there'd been sort of hints before that we'd sort of, you know, been recognized as, you know, we, you know, there was a period of time where we're just basically sending people their metrics mm-hmm. and saying, you know, you are, you know, in this percentage of stores, you know, you are, you know, the top two, top 5% of, you know, like, you know, you know, not only sort of like people playing, but also retention was something we're really good at. So, you know, it wasn't just that, you know, we had like 200 people show up in an event. It's that, you know, we had 200 people show up in an event and of that like 175, 180 came back for the next one. Um, okay. You know, you know, it's not just that we can get people in the door, but we also keep them around that they want to stay. Um, I know, so that was a that was a surprising experience. Uh, and now, you know, when we first started, we were the first store to get premium in Canada, and we were, you know, and there were several others that came online kind of shortly after us. I think now there's, I think there's, there's definitely more now. I think that's still like under twenty. I think this is if I remember correctly. But uh, you know, there's it's definitely been nice to sort of see more stores come on board with that because it's been it's been great to see. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's always been a great experience for us. I mean, God, like I said, I mean, I essentially learned Commander at the the knee of the 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 old folk there after my return to Magic, um, the elders, shall we say, even though I'm probably older than 
most of the <laughs> commander players that play there. Um, but one of the questions that I did want to ask, cause I, I knew some of that backstory from before, but uh, one of the big things that always blew me away is that you managed to do this in a, in a city of like oh, 600,000 people. Yeah. Like, what, what were your, like, what do you think accomplished that for you? What were your big pushes? I think the biggest thing for us has always been for me, it's always a community focus. You know, I think that it's the kind of thing where, in this space, uh, the conventional wisdom, if you're going to sell magic cards, is that you sort of have to be a, you know, a volume slash an online business where you're, you know, you're, you're making a lot of sales, but you're also churning a lot of product. And for me, I've sort of taken the more boutique approach to it. You know, we're not always the cheapest option, but we have what you're looking for. We're going to give it to you in a speedy turnaround with the quality in here that you expect as well as you know, making sure that you know when you're there, you're having a good experience. So it feels like that elevated atmosphere. Um, so it's like, you know, you know, you can buy a t-shirt from anywhere. You know, someone will buy a t-shirt with a trendy label on it because not just because it's a cool shirt, but because of, you know, how they feel about the experience and what they're getting out of it at the end. The whole package uh, kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those ones like we want to be the place that you can come in and, you know, bring your girlfriend, bring your partner, bring, you know, your kids and feel like someone engaged with you and wasn't there just to take, you know, your money and to tell, say, Hey, you know, you bought stuff now get out, you know, but to sort of have a real conversation and connection. So we become not just, you know, a, a place that sells cards, but a place that you want to go and hang out because, you know, your friends are there. You, you get to meet your buddies, you get to hang out, you know, the guy, you know, at the, behind the counter, you know, says, Hey man, you know, how was that deck worked out for you? Did you, you know, did, was that a good combo? Like, you know, tell me what you thought, you know, like it's say. You know, there's a deeper level of engagement. And I find when you do that, it's a lot easier to sort of, you know, build the community that I'd like to see because, you know, you can charge a little bit more, but also that you take that money and you roll it back into the experience, right? You know, so if we're, if we're you know, a buck or two more expensive to do a pre-release, you know, that's because, you know, we've got really nice AC, we've got really awesome walls, you know, we've got like lots of little extra perks, you know, and that's kind of our, our position tends to be that approach. I think a car just drove through Evan. Yeah, I was I was wondering if anyone picked that up. I just saw it illuminate. We, we picked it up. Oh yeah, definitely heard that one. I believe last time I like closed my window and turned all the fans off and just sweated to death you on our did. podcast. You were, that was the that was I was also suffering though because I had COVID at the time, so I felt just as good about it um, as you did. Uh, for those who were listening, we are back on Zoom. Um, we run a two mic system at my place, but it goes through one channel just so everyone knows. And we didn't know if, uh, if zoom would pick up both mics, if we talked at the same time, since me and Evan do love to talk over each other. Um, you can probably hear us, Josh, like we're, we're, we're edging to just talk through things so you can hear like (laughs) a tension. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Evan, did you have anything for Josh? Uh, I was going to ask um, what what perks does this premium store status? So, so what does it what does it get you? Because um, I, I can't remember exactly. I think you get like first call on stuff or something like that. But what does it get the store to have that status? Sure. So it does a couple of things. Uh, so the main thing it does is it's a it's a distinguisher. Uh, so if you're looking at sort of like you know if you're looking on event locator for wizards, their little like find a place to play magic thing. Uh, there's a little like premium badge next to your name. And if you are kind of in a market of like, you know, 10 other guys, the guy who has the premium badge will be at the top of the queue as a little indicator. Um, so that's helpful. Basically, it's a digital way of kind of differentiating. If you're sort of looking at a group of 10 guys, you know, this one's was recognized sort of like being, you know, 
above average to, you know, in the top percentile. Um, that's a really nice feature. Uh, there's a couple other ones. Uh, one is that they give us access to sort of unique um, things in terms of, you know, just like prize support. Uh, so for us, while a lot of our guys are used to us having kind of like really cool things on a regular basis, uh, part of that is premium. Part of it, it's also just kind of like hunting cool stuff down. Uh, but premium also gets kind of like extra little bonuses and stuff. Um, on a store level, if you're kind of running a store and you're thinking about it, do I want to do premium or not? Do I want to put the energy and effort into sort of like being a best in class? Uh, the benefit on the store's end, you know, for us, it's not such a huge concern, but for other stores, it's definitely a bonus is that, you know, you get a guaranteed allotment uh, based on your premium status. Uh, so, for example, if you've got like a really popular set like Double Masters or something like that, um, normally, you know, your vendor, whoever you buy your product from, you know, you know, has a fair bit of say in what you actually get in terms of supply for that. Uh, so if you may say, well, you know, I really want to have 100 boxes of Double Masters, and that'd be great. Your vendor may say, well, you know, I'll give you what I give you based on what you've ordered, how good the client you are, what I've got to spare. Uh, and with the premium designation, the premium designation guarantees you a base level minimum. Uh, basically, the you know, Wizards tells the distributor, like, they get at least this, um, and usually that minimum is quite high. Uh, so it's the kind of thing that you, if you're worried about getting access to your product, because maybe you're a, you know, you're a premium store, but you might be a little smaller, so you may not be buying as much from a vendor as somebody who's like buying, you know, billions of dollars, you know, of magic a year. You may only buy in like, you know, a couple hundred K. Um, you know, your supply access will be based on your premium status and not your total buy power, which on a store level is really nice. For us, it's kind of a wash, but it's a, it's a, if you're looking at considering premium in addition to kind of just a, helping you be a better store, it's a, it's a really nice option for that as well. Excellent. Damn. So now that we've established the bona fides, I hope all the listeners now can say like, well, okay, I guess we should listen to this guy. Um, I really wanted to dive into the traffic going down the road. Evan. Um, Look, I'm just going to walk <laughs> away for a second and go close my window. You keep going. Yeah. The, 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 like I had said in the beginning, um, to be honest, Josh, your, your store events, when I came back into Commander 2016, uh, you know, me and Evan started doing this podcast about three years ago in 2019, and your your events were one of the driving forces behind us starting this podcast and essentially the, re, the, the specific reason of the non-infinite. Um, your events were all non-infinite. They were, they were sort of more casual based. What caused you to go down that route? Because by the time I had already started playing, they were already sort of a thing that was happening there because a friend of ours brought me down to it. Uh, what what made you go that route instead of going sort of the competitive, uh, the true CEDH route? So my approach to this sort of stuff has always been that you know I, I'm a I'm you know on my personal level I'm a competitive player. You know I, I like playing modern. I like playing legacy. I like you know one v one formats where you know the other person's trying really hard to win. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to have a game that was engaging and I felt like you know both players were trying. Mm. Um, and when it comes to something like Commander, Commander is much more built around a social contract. Uh, you know, we're, you're playing a format where you're playing eight mana spells and going, this is okay. Um, whereas <laughs> like if you're playing, you know, 1v1 games, you know, having mana costs that high, having sort of like big splashy effects is, you know, not something that occurs. And in my mind, the, the goal of the playing Commander is, you know, it's meant to be casual. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be sort of, you know, quirky and interactive. And while, you know, I never want to police what someone's going to do for the things they find fun, because some people find the competitive, you know, approach fun. You know, that's sort of like very, you know, like, you know, you know, very, you know, targeted, very sort of like best possible, you know, min-maxing. 
Um, but for a lot more people, the casual experience is what is the enjoyable part. And if you really like competitive, there is CEDH for you. Uh, there's also, you, know, you can play modern, you can play legacy. Uh, both of those are very competitive experiences where, you know, it is not a social contract of, you know, playing the funzy deck, but commander is much more in that vein of it's a, you want your opponent to have fun, you want to have fun. And there are some choices that you'll make not only in deck building, but also in the play of the game that reinforce that, right? You know, it's like, I could, you know, push this person out of the game. I could like, no, like kind of close them out right now. But it's early on, if I kill them now, they're not, you're gonna sit out for another like half hour while we kind of figure this out. And there's no reason to or a drive to. Um, so I think that the the social contract, the sort of like the the people skills that you learn playing commander, it's kind of like figuring out like when you push someone, when you you back off, when you when you sort of you know acknowledge that yeah, this is the technically correct play to do here, but something else would be either more fun or more interesting, you know, because it's not you know it's not about winning or losing, it's just about you know what was the play experience like for everyone involved. So, so it's not enough that you had fun and played stasis, you know, and like locked everybody out of the game on turn two, you know, that's, that's a game. And if you want to play that way, you know, I would encourage you to play us on Monday nights for CDH nights, or, you know, if you're you know, modern legacy, both formats where like everyone is okay with putting the boots to each other. And that's, that's just how she'd be. Um, but with, you know, commander, it's more of a, you know, it's a more of a casual fair in, in my mind. Definitely. I mean, that's that's our driving goal of this is to sort of bring more of a, a, a casual but still, you know, uh, a competitive in a sense, you know, uh, form of magic to the table. Um, it's funny that you brought up stasis. The only time I've ever faced stasis and commander, the player who played it accidentally locked themselves out as well. And uh, just just they thought, yeah, well, they played stasis and they had Teferi out to untap their stuff and someone uh, someone wiped away Teferi. So it was a, the split second wipe and there was, we were just all locked. <laughs> I was like, you're going to let that stasis go away. And he's like, oh no. I was like, no, no, fair enough. Let's, let's watch it die slowly. Uh, anyway. In terms of like us not learning anything and no one listening to us, uh, Brian, you might not have heard this, but we were playing yesterday. Someone, I believe it was an Armageddon combo with something else. I think they had casually sort of mentioned that they, they had wanted to rift into and then Armageddon. But they didn't get Armageddon. And it was just like, oh, great. Yeah, thanks. That would have been a great play. See, see, time tournaments, right? It's like you know, there's a time and a place for this type of stuff. Sitting at a kitchen table, Armageddon Rift, that's slightly applauded by some people. When I have 50 minutes, what are you doing to me? Yep. <laughs> uh, I had a um, yeah. question there, Josh, is, which is, um, do you know when you started doing Commander? Because uh, Brian and I we were talking just before this of when we, when we wandered down to your shop was about within about a two or three month span of each other in 2016. But do you remember when you started doing commander events? Uh, I know we started doing them when we were in PEI and we continued oh, this year. Uh, so, so you were like in from the get-go. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, for me, the thing that's always been attractive about commander is that it's a, you know, we talked before about that sort of social contract when you play commander of, you know, that it's, you know, people are looking to have fun. Um, and I found that commander is a really good, leveler of you know kind of budgets and you know power level in the yeah. sense of you know you can spend a lot of money on your deck to like kind of like min max it to you know be you know have all the best tutors have all the best accelerants um, but fundamentally if you're playing that kind of way you're playing in a group of three to four people the other two people are probably going to register that you're or two to three people are going to register that you are the threat at the table <laughs> uh, you know and which you know on a 
on a new player getting people engaged level, like that helps a lot because it takes the pressure off of them. So they can kind of play their spells, do their stuff. No one's going to think a guy with a pre-con deck is really sort of like a, a meaningful thing to worry about until you sort of played a bit, sort of, you know, realizing you know, where, where you need to respect their deck and when when's okay. That's like kind of let them dirtle around. Um, and Commander has always been one of those ones of, you know, it's a, you know, because of the nature of not needing to have the most optimized version of every card, you can have a, a lesser mana accelerator. Yeah. You can have a lesser, you know, you know, answer in terms of like you don't have to play Vampiric Tutor. You can play, you know, Demonic Tutor like, or, or Diabolic Tutor, Diabolic like Tutor. Like Imperial Seal, like, Imperial you know, Seal. Just, yeah. <laughs> not that one. That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it though? Like I can't, I can't believe it's still two hundred dollars. It's insane. Yeah, you know, uh, choices. <laughs> there, there is a, there is, there is definitely an element of leniency to the commander table, uh, which I think is what you were, you know, in getting at there is that you can you can play an unoptimized deck you can play a pre-con and still feel just as good about your play experience uh at the right tables as if you played the most optimized deck in your class oh yeah a hundred percent like it's one of those things where you're looking at it from the perspective of you know if someone's got a budget of like you know they're gonna buy their first commander deck they're gonna buy a pre-con they'll spend 60 bucks and then they're gonna tweak it as they go that person, you know, making, you know, with that deck, you can still have a really good time playing with someone who spent significantly more uh, because, you know, part of it is, you know, they'll, they'll tweak it out a couple dollar rares. They'll like buy some things here and there. And that's the kind of thing where like your budget and your ability to spend, you know, doesn't necessarily guarantee you an outcome where it does another competitive one V one format. So if you're talking about modern, you can't expect to spend 60 bucks on a modern deck and have it perform anywhere near as well as somebody who spent, you know, significantly more. Uh, because at a certain point, you know, the the more a card is, the better optimized it is, the better kind of like, you know, value it is to sort of like mana cost to power. Uh, and in Commander, that calculus is very different. Uh, so it's a lot easier to sort of do that sort of stuff and not kind of, you know, be, feel like you're getting priced out in a way. Like you can look at someone and go, man, that's a that's an extended art jewel lotus. That man spent $400 on just that one card and I spent 60 bucks on my deck and that can feel bad. But like it's a, that's just a card. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily going to win them the game. It's going to make their deck better, uh, but it's not going to be the deciding factor of a, a win versus a loss in most cases. Definitely, yeah. There's no there's no one singular card at that level that's going to, you know, unless it's some sort of weird, incredible card, like, you know, some you know, time twister combo that you have going on where that's going to be the money. But, you know. Yeah, um, and, and even then, most of the answers that people have just for, like, interact, that stuff is things like if you're playing a even sort of like a minimal deck, like you know, you've got some way to interact with a graveyard or you've got yep. some sort of removal option, whether that's like a counter spell or a creature destruction or a champ destruction. Ten cent arcane denial plays. solves a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, a 50 cent counter spell will fix a lot of yeah, problems. Yeah. With a $500 card. I play this exactly. thing. Well, that's nice and all, but have you, have you met my friend Rest in Peace for your graveyard combo? <laughs> exactly. Um, so as a as a, a storefront that's that's you know booming, doing doing well and popular in the scene. What are some of the changes you found over the years between uh, the due to the popularity in Commander? Like, have you shifted what you do and what you sell and what you pitch uh, because of the rise? I mean, arguably, Commander is one of the most popular formats now, especially okay. since COVID. Yeah. Um, have you have you changed the way that you go about selling, pricing, uh, organizing events due to the rise of Commander? Shall we say? I'd say for us, we've been, Commander's been a part of what we've done for a very long time. So I'd say it's sort of pointing out where we where it changed for us. I don't know if there's like a clear delineation for that. I'd say the biggest thing that's changed in terms of like Commander and how we support it is that 
you know, there used to be, you know, sort of a push and an approach that, you know, standard and or draft was the, you know, the, the entry point to magic. Uh, and as far as like, you know, that goes, I've always felt that draft was a format where it tended to, you know, while it was, you know, seductive on the surface in the sense of, oh, you just pay your 15, you know, back when drafts for 15 bucks. Uh, you know, you, you pay your 15 bucks, you know, you get your three packs, you know, you have an equal chance of everybody else. Um, the problem with draft as a starting format for people is that because you have to have so many choices and there's so many unique interactions in a draft, like, you know, you know, you, you know, it's a lot harder for someone to learn to be good at a draft and it's a lot easier for a skilled player in the same draft to basically sort of like, you know, make the best draft deck possible or pick the best cards because they're, you know, everyone else is sort of like learning it for the first time and you've kind of got that experience. Draft is, um, I get punished in draft, I'll be honest. Yeah, and that's part of it, right? You know, so for us, it was one of those things where like standard used to be the onboarding point for us for new players. And we've noticed over the years, you know, because the, the logic before used to be is that, well, you want to start someone with standard because standard was, you know, fewer cards, you know, a smaller card pool to worry about, you know, fewer mechanics so that you didn't kind of overload somebody. Um, but I think, you know, now with has as good as the pre-con decks they've been making lately is that standard has become less the onboarding point and it's become casual commanders and sort of where people start and i think a big part of that is that more people playing commander means that when your buddy's saying well you know i'd like you to get into like playing magic with me i think you'll have a lot of fun instead of being you know well we'll start you on standard because standard's easy they go well we'll get you a commander pre-con deck we'll start you on that because you know while it is a lot of cards you know they all start or kind of samey and you know i'm going to be there to help you kind of like you know learn the ins and outs um, and I think that that's kind of what's changed has been, you know, before people would sort of start magic and they'd start with standard because that's what their buddies played. And now that kind of commanders sort of grown in popularity, it's become, well, you know, we'll start you with commander because there's not a whole lot of points starting you with standard because, you know, we're going to eventually go to a format where you get 40 life and can only, only play one else instead of four of and 20 life. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a, you know, the learning curve may be slightly steeper for getting someone into commander versus standard. But, you know, if that's what all your buddies are playing, that's going to be kind of what, you know, you might as well start with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think back to, again, fight. we used to, you know, what, six years ago, we used to fight to, like, get space in the store to play to play Commander. And now it's like, you know, if <laughs> like Commander is like the big thing and you do like your own nights for it. Um, we, our competition used to be to get more people than modern had so that we could get the good prime location. <laughs> you, you get the prime room and not the back Instead room. of <laughs> yeah. the back. But I feel like nowadays it would be like, that's silly to be like, well, of course Commander is popular now, but it just it's exploded. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing that changed is that I think that what Commander's done for you know Magic as a format or as a game is that you know, before, you know, the... The common perception, you know, and this is something that we see is, you know, is that, you know, the common perception amongst most people who like were peripherally related to magic or who played magic is that they said, well, you know, competitive players, people who show up to the modern tournaments, to the standard tournaments, you know, who go to Grand Prix and things like that. That's the community. That's, you know, that's who's playing, you know, everything's sort of catered to that. It's spending the money. Yeah, and as something that I've known since I started doing this like ten years ago, is that uh, that's not the case. Uh, you know, we we do sell you know you know expensive decks to modern players, to standard players, to legacy players, but by and large, the majority of our community has always been people playing 
casually with their buddies, having fun, you know, that is, you know, that's the heart and soul of magic and the competitive circuit. While it's something that's very near and dear to my heart, uh, cause that's how I started playing. And that's how I like prefer to play, um, is, you know, something where that's a, that is a very vocal minority part of the magic community. Um, and it's the kind of thing where I think what commander did was, you know, you know, before commander, you would have casual kitchen table magic. And you would have 60 card formats where basically people made up their own rules. You know, okay, well, I don't like Eldrazi or I don't like Infinite Combos or I, I want to ban this card because my fast old friend always, you know, plays this card and always dummies me. Uh, like, you know, you'd have all these sort of just separate formats. And when you sort of looked at it, none of them were individually big enough to sort of like be notable or be worthwhile to kind of do a night for. Uh, but with Commander, you basically had a, a shared casual way to play framework where it's like, well, we're going to play one of we're going to start with double the starting life total. And we've got all these sort of like cool interactions and things we can do. Uh, and that basically, you know, took all of those 60 card casual formats and kind of amalgamated them into one casual format that people can sort of say, point to and say, cool, we have all these guys who are interested in this, let's do this one. And it's sort of like, you basically had a, a winner come out of all like the different variants, which is why when you see sort of like things like, Oh my gosh, uh, brawl or things like what's the other one? Tiny leaders stuff where it's you know, oathbreaker was it oath? Yeah, oathbreaker. That's more one. recent. You know, and they're all sort of variants on a theme of you know, sort of like a casual-ish format, or sometimes they're not necessarily casually themed; they're competitively themed versions of commander, like tiny leaders. You know, all of those are cool ideas, but you know, you sort of see us you know always sort of a change back to the you know the casual commander format of choice, which is you know it's a you know, it makes it a lot easier to meet people and kind of play games when you're not having to kind of build multiple decks to kind of accommodate different formats. Hmm. Definitely. Um, Josh, I, I, I'm looking for you to clear the air on something here. I'm wondering, um, I've heard some ridiculous stories about your, uh, your borrowing policy um, <laughs> uh, of cards that people have borrowed from you. Uh, what is your policy if someone just shows up and wants to borrow cards or decks from your store to play? Yeah, so basically our approach is, you know, we want to encourage people to come out and play. Uh, so our approach has always been for that is if you show up and you want to play a format and don't have a deck, we have loaners available. So either you'll use one of the store ones that we've kind of got pre-made or if it's something like, you know, because, you know, to be honest, like some of these formats that we carry, like modern is expensive. Uh, and it's nice to sort of, you know, have a, you know, a, a try before you buy type approach to it. So, you know, this part of it is we'll go, well, you know, how good is Ragavan? really right you know do i need to spend 125 dollars for this one mana red you know red drop is he really that good you know and so one of the reasons we do the loner stuff is just sort of say yeah you know like you know you can play other things but if you're playing a competitive 1v1 environment you and you want to win you probably you probably want the most optimal thing you could possibly play and sometimes that thing is money um you know and it's one of those things that our approach to it has always been you know you know, we you know, we know our community. We, we trust our community, and we're more than happy to loan stuff out. Uh, you know, the you know, usual stipulations are basically like we loan it out for things that are on site. Uh, so unfortunately, I can't loan it to you to go like you know, you know, to go play a GP, you know, in you know, in Toronto, uh, mainly because you know I just don't want anything to happen to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but if you're playing in the store, totally happy to loan stuff out for it. The only sort of caveat we put on it is that if you know, if you show up, you know, two minutes before the event and say, I need this and I'm swamped with people, you know, I'm probably going to say no, not because I don't want to loan you the cards, but because <laughs> I, I, I got to get the event fired and I'm not going to go like pull them and just right, right beforehand. Yeah. Just like pause the event for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like so. If you come up like you know twenty minutes, fifteen minutes before start and say, "Hey, I'd like to try this out tonight." Yeah, that's not a problem. It's usually the like the six twenty nine arrival. Be like, "Cool, the event starts in like thirty seconds, and I need this." It's like, well, you know, yeah, I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna tell you next time, totally yes. But you gotta like ask me beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I realize that I've gone to the the CDH ones with what I dubbed Slodo because I don't have the fast mana for Godo, and I realize I could probably just borrow it oh, totally <laughs> instead of just like kneecapping myself. But the the one that my buddy told me, uh, he says he can't borrow it anymore because someone's bought it. Um, but that you let you let him borrow a chains of Mephistopheles. Yes, I did. <laughs> Which that's I was amazing. like, that's that's impressive. Uh, that, that is an impressive uh, lens. Like I don't know if anyone would just do that. Well, well, for us, it's always been you know we you know one of the things we used to ask about kind of like what made us successful early on, and like it's you know, it's always been our community. Uh, and for me, it's very much a you know. For that sort of stuff, you know, we don't do online, we just do in store, you know, so the benefit of that is, you know, you know, one of the, the downsides is, you know, we miss out on all the sales we could have, we sold stuff online. The benefit is that, they, you know, we know and build a relationship with our community, you know, so like, you know, in my mind, you know, if someone decided, you know, that they want to walk out with a card, you know, I mean, you could, uh, but, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, even though some of these get expensive, you know, someone from our community who would feel that that was a worthwhile trade-off to like walk up with a card and be basically, you know, told that they're you need to return it and probably not going to come back after that. Right. Like, say, well, and the stores are also tight knit. Like, it's not like there's a giant comp, like you, you all talk to each other when need be. Oh yeah. Exactly. So like that would, that wouldn't just be a ban from your store. That would probably be a ban from, every store in Halifax. Yeah, would... and, and if it's us, it's probably a little further from that as well, too, because, like, we've, we've got a pretty good relationship with a lot of the stores that are out there, and, you know, it's one of those ones that, you know, you know, you know, store owners tend to talk to each other, you know, and if someone's a problem for somebody, you know, it usually gets back to the other stores that are around, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. if I had a problem with, you know, if this, you, know you, you guys have been around, you know, you know I am a very easygoing person. You know, I, I will, I have no problems curating our community when there's, you know, problem members or things that need to be adjusted. I, I, I don't like having those conversations, but I'm happy to have them to kind of, you know, keep our community you know, in a, a good place. Um, but, you know, if I'm having a problem with you, you know, it's, uh, you know, it is, I'm probably not the only one. It's, yeah, it's gone down a path already that's most likely ending with that, uh, with you. Yeah. Yeah, and we've had a couple, you know, we've had one or two instances where that's kind of had to be the case. And, you know, I know that some of those people are still within the community, uh, but I also know that, you know, after they got, you know, told that, you know, they, they, they weren't able to come back, it's that they changed, you know, not completely, but, you know, enough to sort of realize that, you know, this was a, oh, shoot, uh, you know, maybe you know, if I, maybe I need to change something, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to come back here. But, you know, if I keep doing what I'm doing, it may not be long before I can't go back anywhere. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's uh. well, we were there for, for one, which is, I did want to bring it up because I, 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 you, you just covered it. But one of the things I always found about going to your store is that you were an exceptionally lenient person at times to, to my own frustration uh, when it came to people in your store who were just that you would just let it ride with a little conversation. And I think in the entirety, in the whole eight years or seven years we've been, we've been playing there, um, I think I've seen you tell one person they couldn't come back in the whole time, like the yeah. whole time. <clears throat> and I mean, yeah, there's no need to name names or bring up stories, but like, that was it. That was the one time yeah. I've ever seen you. It's not the only one we've done. Um, it's, you know, you know, when we have those sort of conversations, generally we keep those sort of things between the, the player and ourselves. Cause it's usually, 
Because you well, know the conversation he, they he threatened. He threatened my life afterwards, which is the only reason I know about it. <laughs> That's fair. And then our, our our approach to that is that we usually tell us people's like, look, you know, yeah, we we've had conversations with you about you know what it means to be a member of this community and how you know you need to treat people who are within it, you know, and you know, you know, and the answer is, you know, if we've come to the decision, you know, I'm. I'm not one to change my mind on most of these things because usually by the time I've had to make this choice, you know, it's a, it's been it's allowed to get yeah, there. Like, yeah. yeah. It's been a, we've had several conversations. I, you know, I sort of you know, made clear, you know, sort of like how I feel things should be going. Uh, and if they're not, you know, it's pretty clear. And usually my thresholds are pretty low. It's like, cool. Don't be a jerk. You know, like I get, everyone gets salty. Everyone has their moments where they're just not feeling themselves. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's perfectly fine. But you need to understand that you know people are there to have fun, and if it's something where your your general tone and approach is going to bring people you know you know down, and you're going to be unpleasant about you know if you you had a bad draw, you had a bad bounce, you know I'm I'm understanding of that, but I'm also expecting you as a as a person, a player, to you know be a be a reasonable adult when you're there. I understand tempers get flared, and that's okay. But if I have to mention it to you a couple of times, that's when we sort of look at something more serious. And again doesn't really happen all that often i'm usually pretty i usually tend to find that you know when you have a direct conversation with someone say hey you know this is something i've noticed this is something that i've been brought to my attention not just because someone said it to me and i took them at their face value but because i you know i've seen it and i've been looking for it and i've you know i've seen you know enough instances to make me feel comfortable that you know that's you know it wasn't just a bad day let's have a chat about you know my expectations in case they weren't clear you know, and then if I have to have another conversation after that, you know, that's when we sort of make those choices. And usually when we do, we just tell someone's like, look, you know, I know this will be socially awkward for you, but you know, you're, you're not allowed to come back. Um, you know, you can be upset at me. You can be you know, angry about it. That's okay. Uh, we're not looking to out you that I've booted you. Um, so if you, if you would like to make it an issue, if you'd like to bring it up, that's perfectly okay. And I'll tell people why, but otherwise, you know, we're, we sort of give the option to sort of like, leave with your dignity intact if that's the way you want to go about it resign Uh, instead of being fired kind of deal pretty much it's like you know we you know i'm i'm not looking to tell people that you were you know so you know you know that's so unpleasant that i had to do something about it um because i'd like them to sort of not go into a new play group and feel that they're going to get prejudiced by that right you know it's it's not a fun experience no one wants that hanging again though like you said earlier chances are if this is happening with you it's a known thing, you know? Yeah. And usually it's a wake up call for someone to like, you know, adjust their behavior. And even when we've kind of done that, we sort of like, you know, there's, it's, you know, there's been one or two and it's usually been a, we, we've you know, talked with other owners afterwards because they've asked us questions. Um, and, you know, you know, from what I've seen, it's a, you know, it's, it's not necessarily that the person is magically better when we, <laughs> when we, when we say they can't come back, but it's more of a, it was a serious consequence of, you know, not, you know, you're mm-hmm. playing in a way that's fun. Um, and they, you know, didn't change entirely, but at least they're bearing it in mind. Definitely. hundred percent. I mean, it is, it is, it, it's a reality check when it's your, when it's your only outlet or one of your outlets, you know? Yeah. Um, my, uh, my, one of the things on my mind was that during, during COVID, uh, especially you were kind of, your store was kind of at the forefront in Halifax of, of, creativity for the purposes of continuing the community and stuff like that so you were one of the first and i think the only ones to do uh the at-home play boxes where you were sending home with extra stuff so that people could play at home if they want to do uh commander i remember Caldheim, especially you had some extra things thrown in you did 
you were one of the first and one of the only ones to do the delivery service multiple days a week where you would drive to person's house like i remember i ordered 30 dollars and it was dropped off i felt kind of bad for only 30 (laughs) dollars being dropped off in my house um but and things like that so looking back on covid and under the assumption that within you know several years we might have some other form of pandemic is there anything that you would change or do differently like would you ever look at say doing online commander tournaments through spell table now that it's so popular or something like that so we've looked at so just speak to that specifically so when it comes to organized play uh our thing is that you know there's a lot of ways to sort of you know to make it work you know you, you can sort of do like the online stuff you can do spell table you can do you know online clients or any, any variety of way of kind of doing that mm-hmm. you know for us we sort of made a decision early on that we you know we had thought about it and we sort of considered it and we realized that for us you know the the in-store play experience was sort of a you know as how we wanted to do games yeah. Uh, because part of the challenge is that you know for us is that when it comes to doing an online space um when you're doing an online space for gaming in particular you know the ability to curate your community and the ability to sort of like you know people are not the same in person as they are online um you know so a lot of times like you'll get people who will be a little more salty a little more aggressive in an online setting versus an in-person one uh because there's less of that sort of social sort of going Oh, okay, well, I can't just call someone an offensive name because you know I'm upset right now. It's like, you know, it's like Josh is right over the corner. He's like going to look at me and go like, none of that. <laughs> Assuming it wasn't racist, you could have just said the name. It's fine, Josh. We're 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 a we're a PG podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. uh, but you know, it, it, it's it's one of the sort of things like you know the online stuff is a great option. Uh, I've always been a very, very big fan of the in person stuff, and so we made a decision. You know early on in the pandemic is that we were very happy to support people's in-person play, even if it was at their home, somewhere else that wasn't in store. Uh, but we didn't want to sort of do the, you know, the online aspect of it, uh, mainly because yeah. we yeah. felt it was a, you know, for us and for our model, it didn't quite work. Uh, mainly because it was a, you know, it, it wasn't quite the fit that we were, were set up for. I'd say in the future, assuming we have something else like this, you know, the interesting part of the COVID pandemic stuff is that, you know, within the game store community, there'd been a very long running, you know, debate about, you know, how much space do you give and how much time do you give uh, both in square footage and in terms of like actual, like, you know, store bandwidth uh, to in-store play. How important is it to you for your operations? Um, you know, is it, you know, a driver of sales? Is it just kind of an okay thing? Can you get, you know, you know, how much room do you have to have? Do you need to be able to have like a 50 plus person venue? Do you need to have a eight person table? Like, what do you need? Um, and I think one of the things that COVID has sort of shown from the, you know, from the business side of running a store is that, you know, while, while in-store play is a driver for a place that curates it and, you know, wants to support it, uh, for a lot of stores out there, they did, similar levels of sales you know with or without you know in-store play um i I know for us that you know we you know we we sort of saw a level of sales that you know we we didn't expect to see during covid uh because you know we assumed that you know lost in-store play just even sort of like pre-release weekends you know prior to covid we were doing sort of like 250 to 300 people a pre-release weekend um and that was something where you know like losing that level of in-store play um we thought would impact us and we ended up you know making up for that just in just regular sales um so i think it's a you know when it comes to you know what we would do going forward you know for us you know in-store play has always been at the heart of what it is i want to do 
Um, if I was an online only store or mostly online store, I could most likely just, you know, turn all my play variants, you know, into order fulfillment. Uh, but I really like in-store play. I like community. I like, you know, that sort of, you know, building of an aspect. And I have, you know, I have no interest in sort of doing the online portion. But yeah, no, you're no, 100%. Right. But you're right in terms of like the, what we did for our models that, you know, for us it was an interesting balance of, you know, one of the reasons that we don't do the online sales stuff is that uh, for us, it's a, oddly enough, it's a community issue. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you, I don't want to go outside of it here. Maybe, maybe say talk that I shouldn't, but you did have an issue at the beginning when you went online sales with something like that, didn't you? So we had online sales and for us, it was something where, you know, we made a choice for our online sales to do sort of like, you know, you know local delivery and curbside pickup mm -hmm. uh, because we felt that that was a, you know, a, a middle ground for us between just doing fully online sales. Uh, so one of the things that, you know, if you're some of your listeners check us out online and if they're not within Nova Scotia uh, you might discover say you know if you're trying to order something from me uh, and you're not located in Nova Scotia uh, you will not actually be able to order anything uh, I think we're the only store that I know of uh, that is actually region locked uh, so if you're outside of Nova Scotia it will not actually let you process an order wow. um, I didn't know that that was a lock that you had that actual, I mean, Nova Scotia, so I don't ever need to know that, but. Yeah. All right. So if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're one of our locals and one of our regulars, you will never know that this is how this works. Uh, if you're outside looking in, uh, we get a couple of emails a week, a couple of like your phone calls going, Hey man, I'm trying to order this stuff. And usually the first question is like, where are you located? Oh, I'm in Vancouver or I'm in Toronto. Or I'm in Florida. It's like, well, you know, I hate to break it to you, but we don't ship stuff. And, you know, if you're local, <laughs> you know, like you totally pick it up. Uh, and funny as it is, uh, you can actually arrange for curbside pickup. And we have people who are not local who have buddies who place orders for them. If they come pick up. Oh, ship them yeah. If any of our listeners, they're all cool people, Josh, you don't have to worry. But if any of our listeners go to the deck box website, you need some, send me a message. I'll hook you up. All right. I'll go grab it for you. I'll ship it to your place. No fuss, no muss. If it's anything CEDH though, Josh will be suspicious. He knows me. <laughs> it, won't, it won't fly. Yeah. So it's just one of those ones that for us, one of the reasons we do it that way is that, you know, one of the things that we, you know, prior to coming to Halifax, one of the things that we'd observed is that, um, you know, when it comes to cards, cards are kind of an ecosystem uh, and your ecosystem, you know, can be really changed and altered uh, by if a store is of the size we are buying a lot of cards locally and then shipping it out. Uh, can I pause for a second, guys? I just have a work call coming in. Sure, yeah. We'll, sure, we'll carry yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just talk and then make a... Brian can make a note to actually edit this part, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely cut this part out for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll find it on the things. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been pretty fun so far. Yeah, it's it's been good to, to reconnect with sort of, you know... Our old mentor, basically. <laughs> this is actually what this the, is. The the, uh, the 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 starting grounds, the Obi Wan to our uh, yeah. Luke Skywalker, which is the I, two I of think, us. Yeah, I think They're I like should double also... Luke's. Yes. Well, I'm. All right, you're C three PO. I'm Luke. I was gonna I'm say what's fine. what's like a loser one. I mean, C three PO. You're C three. My yeah. Zoom name is currently Total Scrub. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, was, I think I should ask Josh uh, the question of what's the most expensive card he's ever ripped up, just to see if he'll regale us with the story. <laughs> oh, oh, back there, guys. Sorry. Oh, there he is. Perfect. So this will be the edit point. All right. Yeah. Oh, perfect, Brian. Changing his names. 
I did. And so, no, wait. So, Total Scrub, you're going to become, uh, <laughs> you're become C3PO. This is, this is what uh, Zoom does to us. That's how it works. Um, yeah, so Evan, I, yep, sorry, continue. I guess I'll just finish up on my last point just to sure. make sure I get mm -hmm. it in there. Uh, but yeah, in terms of one of the reasons we don't sell online is because of the community aspect of it, because we found. You know, when the store sells a lot of their inventory online, what ends up happening is that, you know, they'll get that sort of sale for like the day. Um, but you take a lot of cards out of your ecosystem. Uh, that so when your regulars kind of come in the next week and go, when I was looking to sort of play this card or pick up this deck, you know, if you've sold it, you know, halfway across the you know, country to like, you know, Vancouver or Texas or what have you, you know, now when that person goes to sell that card, it's not coming back to your local ecosystem. It's going somewhere else so one of the things that we have is you know we have a really deep a really sort of robust inventory selection in the store and a big part of that is because you know when we sell it we predominantly sell to outside of sort of the the, the tourists or people visiting you know primarily to our local guys which means that when you know they're done with it you know either they sell it back to us or another local vendor and occasionally you know some you know they'll buy us online but by and large, the majority of those cards stay within your ecosystem. So when you're looking for something, you know, it's not, you know, sort of in Texas or Vancouver. It's, it's, it's available. It's available. Yeah. Yeah. You, you catch me every once in a while where I'll go like, uh, I can't find this card. It's like a $4 card and Josh has it for six, but he's the only one who's got it. So I guess it's a $6 <laughs> card now. <laughs> like, yeah. What am I supposed to do? Um, you have a very good selection. <laughs> Um, I remember one was Glacial Crevices. I could not find old reserve list card, and then you happen to have one. Glacial Chasm? Uh, no, it's the Saka Snow-Covered Mountain to Fog. Yeah, it's, what it's the very specific. It, it's wow. very specific. <laughs> I won like two weeks ago in a tournament because of that card. Wow, I am but, I'm impressed. Uh, it's an old reserve list one that is not easy to track down. But Josh had it, so he saved me there. Yeah, I'm, I'm the fan of obscure. Like for me, it's just to me. I want to have all of it. They're like, well, what are you gonna do with this? Like, I don't know. I'm gonna put it in the pile with the other things I have. Like, you know, <laughs> I think the I think the biggest thing that like when we when you were asking kind of like what changed with COVID is that prior to COVID, we didn't really have our inventory digitized. It was all sorted to the level that everyone sort of sees it today of you know binders and drawers. And we have you know, for those of you who haven't been in store, um, I am a little bit anal when it comes to the sorting of my cards. Uh, so when I say I have a binder of cards of a set, uh, I mean that every card, you know, every common, every rare, every uncommon, you know, every, every card is in that binder. It's sort of by collector number, which makes it by color and alphabetical. Uh, everything has a spot. Uh, and if you ask me, there are, you know, extra copies of each card, you know, in our drawer system underneath. Uh, so what you're seeing in the binder is a very small fraction of what we actually like have in stock. Uh, so a lot of stores will sort of keep multiple copies of a card in the sleeve and the binder. Uh, we can't do that <laughs> because <laughs> I do, you know, uh, we keep up to words of 13 of each of a card uh, and our binders would just be exploded constantly. Um, but yeah, so like when we have, when, when, you know, when Evan's saying he's like, you know, looking for this obscure ass card, the reason I have it is because I am that anal that I decided at one point, like, what do you need this card for? I don't need it. I want to have it to fill that hole in the binder where it's supposed to live. And if it's not it's there, like, it makes me upset. It's like collecting it. You can't just flip open your binder and there's, there's a big empty space where the 
Oh, yeah. Last card I of the do, set is sitting. Oh, 100%. It's, it's funny. We go through our binders for restocks on kind of like a weekly basis. And one of the things that like happens that like drives me up the wall is that we'll have like a page where we've got like, you know, cool, here's all the high value cards in the set, kind of like all in one rough spot, you know, because that's where they went up binder pages. And we're missing like four cards out of like 18, that kind of like two page spread. And they're all like quarter cards. So I'll just like go through bulk and go find them because it drives me nuts. I find it a small <laughs> personal victory when, uh, when I do ask for a card that you guys don't have sometimes i'm like i'm like i don't get that card but i i beat them yeah <laughs> yeah you win that one my, my completion rates like i i can actually track it my completion rates like 97.5 percent uh but yeah you know i say it's one of those, like, yeah the fact that it's not 100 dry, drives it <laughs> i was building my atraxa all counters deck with 31 counters and i had to only run 30 because you guys did not have one of the cards uh i believe at the time it was wall of kelp was missing yeah it's, uh, one of, it's one of those like random reserve list cards that like just people try to spec buy out so yeah yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah i was disappointed boosted. but i was also like i beat him i got him this time yeah, got me that time. <laughs> uh i had uh uh, uh, hoping you can follow my uh, line of thought here. Just for fun, uh, my question for you, Josh, is what's the most expensive card you've ever ripped up? Oh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> if I, I recall, know the answer. I think a couple years ago. Yeah, I think I think it was the Chaos Orb. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Have I destroyed something even more value? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I remember your your post about actually ripping apart a chaos warp or chaos, chaos orb, orb. Yeah. just so the old stories could be true. Oh well, yeah, we did it at Halcon. I think, yeah, I think the most fun card I've ever ripped up was we had, you know, and you know, it was one of those ones of the. You know, I I'm you know, I'm really big on like you know sticking by you know what I say. Um, so we had someone who bought a like a, a Chronicles Blood Moon office years ago when this card was actually worth like 40 50 bucks um because it's worth like next to nothing now um, it's, it's like 15 or 20 yeah it's, <laughs> come on it's, come on Evan, come I, it's, it's worth I mean, something I, I, I don't know if that's true but sure <laughs> um, but it's one of those ones like i remember we were at an event i was, I was playing uh i was playing a, a bigger magic event and one of our guys came up to us and said hey man i was at the buying table you know, I was, I was trying to sell a card and I didn't think this card that you sold me uh, was necessarily real. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll take a look at it. And he looked at it and he's like, yep, no, it's, it's got kind of what you're looking for in terms of striation. It's, it, uh, you know, it's, it's Chronicles. So the print quality of Chronicles varies widely. We'll have cards that are a little waxier than they're supposed to be. We'll have cards that don't look quite right, even when they're legitimate. Um, and I remember, you know, telling him, like, yep, yeah, okay. Well, you know, if you're not happy with it, that's totally fine. Uh, we'll give you a refund, you know, you know, you know, come back, buy on the store. I don't have cash on me, but come by on the store and I'll get you paid up. Uh, just give me the card for a sec. And he's like, pass it over. Uh, and I ripped it. Uh, and I said, this little blue core part, you know, like, you know th this is what you're looking for. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll get you a replacement when you're, when you're back in the store. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to yeah, rip a magic card right now, actually. I never quite looked at the blue core. Let's do this. It better yeah, be. There is. Yeah, there's a blue core. Looks yeah, like my uh, Storm God's Oracle was real, guys. There you go. I don't even I don't even know what that card is. Uh, it's a is it card? Actually, Josh, do you know what a Storm card is? Storm God's Oracle is? Storm God's Oracle. I think it's from Ferris Beyond. I just can't remember what it does. I it, I, it might be a reprint. I have a Modern Horizons one. It's oh, a, a one three. It gets plus one minus one for one mana until end of turn. And when it dies, it lightning bolts the target. 
Oh, well, that's the blue red one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's it's the, yeah, it's a weird looking guy. Yeah. He's not good. He's not (laughs) good. He's also in half now, but there's blue in there. So it's a real card. (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Josh, so, so, one of the last questions that I had for you anyway was the this there's been this idea over the last half a year to a year, I guess, I guess since mid COVID is when I first started seeing it online of like a, a magic burnout or specifically like a commander burnout too many products flooding the market for this eternal format. Uh, have you seen any hint of that or have you felt that or do you personally feel it? How do you think about the idea of, you know, there's too much coming out for commander players. There's too much coming out uh, for eternal formats. I think when it comes to that is that I think the thing that, you know, because I've seen the same sort of discussion online um, and I've heard some of it sometimes in person, but the reality is in my mind, it's sort of like the majority of our client's mind is that it's, you know, it's kind of like buying comic books. You know, if you're really liking a run of Spider-Man, you're really liking a run of Batman and you want to buy all the tie-in ones. Awesome. Great. If you're not feeling it, Commander is an ideal format for saying, you know what, Spider-Man's kind of sucking right now for me. Uh, maybe I'll read like the core one, you know, but all these like tie-in things, I'm going to skip and you just sort of pick and choose. And I tend to find that I think that's where Magic's at right now, where it's a, you know, there's a lot of options, there's a lot of choices. Um, and the reality is if it's not something that grabs you, skip it. Like if it's something where you're not feeling, you know, you're not feeling Commander Legends Baldur's Gate because it just doesn't appeal to you or it came too close to after the other one. The beauty of it is, is that, you know, those cards, you know, once they're printed, will be legal. So if you change your mind on it later and go, well, man, this dragon looks super dope and I really want to have it, you know, you'll pick it up later on. You know, it's, you know, it's not an hour and everything. You know, it's not like, you know, when you move away from sort of competitively oriented formats, so things like modern, things like legacy, you know, you have a lot more room as a player to basically say, you know what, this one, yeah, not not yeah. my not my favorite. You know, I'll skip this entry in the Marvel franchise and I'll, I'll watch maybe I'll watch the next one or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll you know rewatch the ones I already love. I'll, I'll watch Iron Man again. You know, I'll, you know, I'll go back to playing Chances of Kamigawa and just you know like do like some you know like you like there's I just about spit up my water when you said that. I was like. Oh. <laughs> That's an odd choice, but okay. I don't like Champions of Kamigawa. It's, it's See, a great that, just, that just that explains so much about you guys. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the uh, I find, and we do agree. We've talked about it on the podcast before about the fact that you know you can skip a set. You don't have to buy cards from it. There's been whole sets that I've never even looked at beyond maybe ten cards. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and, it's 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 sort of like it's people fighting against the FOMO, the fear of missing out. But I think th- I think a big problem though is I think the burnout's more coming from people who want it's the speculative market and it's the the collecting aspect of it. People yeah. need to people need to remember that you know build your deck to be fun, and if you want to go get the best deal all the time, well then it's going to be stressful because there's eight to ten products a year you're going to have to sort out. Uh, but if you thing. if you just relax on that, then you're okay. Like if your dragon you want is ten bucks more expensive next year, then well, it's ten bucks more expensive. Like who really? cares? <laughs> I, yeah, I think the bigger challenge is like I think it's you know I think you're right when you talk about sort of like the speculative side of it. You know, and I think for those people, there's definitely a, a feeling of burnout. And if we're being completely honest, you know, that's not my clientele. Uh, you know, that's the clientele for someone who's doing an online volume store, you know, who's looking to sell, you know, steel product for the cheapest possible margin, you know, and sort of get the best deal. Uh, you know, you can find it in like the MTG finance subreddits because I'm on there just to like see what people are talking about. 
mainly because you know it's one of those ones where it's interesting to sort of see on my end is sort of seeing someone who takes the entirely opposite approach to what we do, which is sort of you know a community fund focus to a more of an arbitrage position. And the weirdest part is that the thing that will always drive me nuts is that it's you know everyone on there seems to talk about it as if it is you know selling stocks uh, and doesn't really think of it that it's a commodity for cards. You know, it's, you know, cool. I bought, you know, 200 copies of this card. Yeah, that's great. And if you bought it for 50 cents a card and it goes up and you can sell it for a dollar a card, you know, you still need to offload it, right? There's still that like kind of like works to do it. So unless your plan is to sort of like buy a list it to a vendor, you know, which at that point, that's going to be a lot harder than just kind of like, you know, selling one big card. Well, um, you would need it to go up more than double to make your money from normal vendors since they only oh, give you half at sale normally. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's one of those ones like I think that I think you're right. I think there's a lot of, you know, FOMO, you know, sort of like, you know, overprinting, you know, talk within that community. Uh, and that kind of creeps into sort of other parts because people sort of read and go, well, you know, yeah, I, th- I think there's too much stuff coming out, too. It's like, well, you know, you don't need to buy it. You just say no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The number of people, uh, Brian, I talked to who will just be like, yeah, I didn't really like the set. So I bought a bo- only one box of it. It's like, that's not the point. <laughs> like, just don't buy the box then. Like, buy singles. Buy just singles. buy like buy the eight cards you wanted. I don't um, normally agree with that professor online guy, but I got to <laughs> say that uh, that his idea of just buying singles instead of sealed product is 100 percent in my vein. D- Double Masters, uh, I I've yet to see someone pull a good card out of uh, i picked them up from you josh just because i wanted the soul ring you were selling as a promo <laughs> yeah it was basically buy two packs get a soul ring and call it. yeah i i traded in a bunch of video games and uh i ended up buying two packs on a on a spur and then he handed me the soul ring and i was like this is the best card i got like oh the thing that drove me wild about that is so they sent me the soul ring promos and the soul ring promos were supposed to be given out the week before Double Masters came out, okay, and not no. on the week that Double Masters launched. So I was like, okay, well, what's the point of you know, like the timing it was offered? Just like, okay, well, you know, if you if you wait a week, you can just buy two packs of Double Masters and you get your promo. You get a soul ring. You get a soul ring, <laughs> or you can buy ten, you know, like five or seven. I forget what the number was. Like of you know, regular packs. The week, yeah, yeah. Whatever week. set was before that. What was that? Was yeah, that it's like, okay, so you just, or you can just uh, wait a week. Baldur's so like, Gate or New oh. Capenna. Oh, you can see people really, really struggling for him. It's like, I'm like, look, guys, like we've got a bunch of these, like, you know, just like, come, you know, you know, come back next week and buy two packs of Double Masters and you're good. You're worried about this now. I'll throw one aside for you just in case, like, you know, not, not a worry. But yeah, it's just one of those moments, like, you know, the timing was just awkward. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I and I had completely forgotten that it was going on. So when I got the packs and then your employee just handed me the soul ring, I was like, what is, oh, geez, I get a soul ring for this too. And I opened the packs and I think I opened about $7 worth of cards in them. Uh, and then, and then I was like, they're high variant sets. Either you like feel like a God or you feel like a player. Oh, for oh sure. yeah. Those, when they announced those, and we've talked, we've talked about this, Evan, both publicly and well, we try time. not to, but we just always end up. When they announced those. those collector's boxes for that set specifically, where it was like four packs. Yeah. I wanted to punch my computer monitor, and someone then told I me that's out, where all the value was. Oh was my like, god! Eh. I would choke that person out with a belt. Like I, I would not <laughs> do it myself. <laughs> like, like the, the, it's like the ver- like you said, it's such a high variance set. Like there was so much you could crack those packs and pull three leashes. Yeah, you know, like, and then you got you got fifty cents in your pocket for two hundred dollars worth of cards. Well, what yep. was your what were you, you were selling them for? How much for the collectors boosters? 
Oh God, I don't remember. For that sort of stuff, we just sort of like put on the shelf and it tends to just go. It's yeah. one of those ones like there's always someone who wants to do that. Like really, I don't. Really I don't think I even. I the boxes I were in one, the hundreds, right? though, were they not? I think so. I, I want to say like a pack was like a hundred bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like, and there were people who were buying it and like, oh, what'd you pull? It's like, well, I got like seventy five dollars for the cards, and I, you just feel like like slapping them upside the head and being like, see, see, what did well, you want out of it? Did you want yeah. that awesome looking god? You should have just waited and bought it. Well, I mean, that's why we so like we open a lot of product for singles for to make sure we're stocked on set launches, and we've stopped opening collector boosters from it just because I find that like the yeah, it 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 makes sense in some way, but it's definitely like so high variance that I'm just like, you know what, you know, why ruin okay. it? <laughs> Someone, <laughs> someone's gonna it's, buy that from you, and it's gonna it's, be worth more to you doing. It's that. worth more yeah. in that package. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, did you have anything Josh, else? I, I had one last question before I think Josh has got something to pitch to us. Uh, my question for you, Josh, is what was your uh, or what is your favorite commander deck? I know you don't play too often, but I do know you've built a, a few. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always kind of gone back and forth. For me, it's a, I like choices. I like being able to like do things in game, have some sort of interactivity. So usually my decks tend to veer, veer on the side of, I'm not really looking to stop anyone from doing what they're doing. I'm just more like, yeah, I tend to want to have options that I can push the flow of the game. So if mm -hmm. someone's like getting a little too bullied, having something that kind of help them out, or if you know someone's trying to like combo off and the game doesn't quite feel like it should be done, you know, when it's at. So like having things to have interactivity for it is usually my big one. Uh, the one I've been playing the most of is Yark of the Desecrated, just because it's a it's a deck where you can play it, where it has a fair bit of power, and I can play it up or I can play it down. I can play it as a very competitive, you know, very sort of like you know aggressive strategy, uh, or I can just play it as a value engine and have a lot of ways to sort of like you know play draw go and just was like okay you know i'll play this little dude he gets a little bit of value when i cast him i'll play this another dude that gets a little value when i cast him you it's know, the, it, the additional etb one right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the additional etb and there's lots of like funny little interactions that you you know, you can do some wild stuff with so like one of my favorite cards to sort of show people in that deck is a card called dual nature uh for those of you who haven't seen it before basically it's a six man enchantment from don't jesus from like prophecy because it's an awful card um and Those are the best cards. <laughs> so this card's so bad. So basically, what it does is it's a six man enchantment, four colors and two green. Uh, it says whenever a creature enters the battlefield, uh, make a copy of that card, uh, and you know for as long as that original creature is in play, the copy sticks around. Uh, so basically, you get a token copy of whatever you put in. So you put in a legendary, they'll legendary each other. You know, so you get to pick which one you want. Uh, but the cool thing with Yarg is that Yarg, because it's an ETB ability, um, if you if if my opponent has something come in, it also double triggers for that too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a dangerous card. Yeah, it's so basically, dang <laughs> on a stick. Um, yeah, that's so basically, a, that's if I've got Yark, yeah, so if I've got Yark in play and it plays something like a Solemn, Solemn will come in, get two triggers for Yark, and then it'll have make itself two copies. You know, because and each of those it, will trigger twice. Twice. Oh my yeah. god, that is so hilarious! Like cascading value engines of like. No, I'll play a Necrotal, or like I think my favorite moment was I like, played a Massacre Room with it. I was like, "Cool, so this is gonna come in." <laughs> yeah, that's that's game right there. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm pretty sure you're all dead, but just in case. Wow, <laughs> that is pretty good actually. <laughs> um, but it's one of those wacky cards where you look at it and go, "What does this card do?" It's like, okay, it makes tokens, and I guess that's okay, you know. But like, you know, it's 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 at its best when you're playing it in a group setting because in a group setting. 
your opponents just get extra triggers too. It's like, oh, like beautiful. Oh, I, everyone, everyone gets bonuses. Beautiful. It's like group hug, except mine's better. Yeah, my 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 hug will be much much harder than yours. <laughs> that is the way you're supposed to play group hug. Of people, course, yeah, yeah. People, people don't understand it. that sometimes. No, not all the time. Uh, Josh, you did mention at the beginning that you wanted to throw a little bit of an announcement out to our uh, our uh, local listeners, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so you sort of talked about, and one of the things I'm a big fan of is sort of like, you know, events and community events. Uh, one of the things that I've been working on for a while and because of how crazy COVID has been and sort of like how busy this tour has just kind of been over the summer, because we've had tourists back in and that's been absolutely nuts. I've been running my teeth for the last like two months just trying to keep up. Um, <laughs> but I've, uh, but basically what we're looking at doing is we're doing a, a brand new event um something we're calling commander fest uh that'll be october 8th and basically what it is in terms of an event is it's a casually oriented commander event uh it's basically going to be so if you're familiar with our casual commander play it's basically going to be a take on that uh, where we're going to do sort of six rounds each round's an hour long at the end of the hour just sort of call it there uh, and each round will have a different theme sort of a unique rule uh, and how you sort of like, you know, engage with the event is that it's a, you know, you get sort of like a bingo commander card. And as you fill it out, uh, we've got like secret layers to give away and things like that. Uh, so the goal is to basically do sort of a, you know, a commander day where it's, you know, just about kind of like playing and engaging where it's not a competitive format. There's no prizing for being first. You know, you, I don't care if you kill your table on like turn two, you know, you, you're just going to deny yourself the ability to sort of like get, you know, more bingo check marks. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that's something we're doing October 8th. Uh, we're going to do it in the hotel above our location. So basically we can do up to 100 people for it. Uh, you'll get a swag bag for showing up. So I have like dice and a counter and a few other things. Uh, just you'll get like a foil promo pack for just for participating. Uh, can Brian and I get put on that list now? Yeah, totally. Uh, so we're going so to <laughs> so officially announcing it tomorrow. So it'll be the 19th. Um, and when I've announced it, we'll sort of put up a sign-up registration for it as well too. Uh, so one of the things I'm super excited about for this one, I know Brian's going to love this, uh, oh is that, <laughs> so basically the plan is we're going to run the event. Uh, the event's going to run from one until seven 30 ish. Uh, in addition to sort of it being an event, we're going to also be doing buy one, get one sales and all the foil, all the promos, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, basically bring a bunch of stuff upstairs with me. Cause I just want to like, I need more room for crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the other part of it, too, is that because it's the hotel, uh, the hotel is licensed. Uh, so we're going to be having a cash bar option. So basically, oh, no, Brian. You, you were yeah. right. I thought this was sarcasm. <laughs> no, you were right. I am going to enjoy this. Okay. Yeah. So basically, how it's going to work is we're going to do the first sort of like we're going to do the six rounds from like one until 730. And then at eight o'clock, we'll basically start, you know, that'll kind of end the event. And we'll sort of do like the commander after party. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Brian's going to get added to the here. list of people banned from your store. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll be banned from the hotel. <laughs> um, before one quick question uh, for you, um, for you before you before we move on to the end section of this, Josh, on a scale of one to the Emperor Protects, how stoked are you for October when we get the uh, the Warhammer 40k commander decks? Uh, well, conveniently enough, the uh, I'm I'm definitely Emperor Protects because uh, that weekend is also the same weekend. October eighth will be the same launch date as the. Uh, oh, the oh it's no. like it's been Christmas for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna build all those decks ahead of time. I'm gonna once they release everything, I'm gonna show up buy those decks because I already told you to put me on the list, and uh, and I'm just gonna slide them into the commander decks so they're ready yeah. to go. I'm I'm gonna shoot people with bolt guns. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> 
so josh i want to thank you again of course for coming on here it was it was super awesome to have you on here like i said you your store and your rules and the whole non-infinite thing were were one of the big reasons that this podcast even launched three years ago um so really uh, it's why i named you obi-wan kenobi you're kind of like <laughs> the uh the 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 mentor who you're not dead yet so that's good um yeah, just like force ghost <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're not there yet we're still you're still at the yoga stage um but yeah, that's why, and that's also why he's C three PO because Evan's essentially just the useless, ed, you know, education robot. <laughs> I'm not needed. Protocol <laughs> droid, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a protocol droid. Evan is a hundred percent. But thanks for coming on the show. That was awesome. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if they're local, in case people live under a rock and don't know? Sure. Uh, so if you're looking to find us, uh, we live online a fair bit. So if you like seeing fancy stuff on Instagram, uh, the deck box Halifax is where I post. Not all of our pickups because I'm lazy and I don't get around to it, uh, but a good chunk of them. A good chunk uh, of baller pickups get posted on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even know that's fair. Maybe it's like two percent, ten percent. It's I. We have so much stuff coming through these days. Like we just bought today. I don't even know if I took pictures of them. We bought like two thousand dollars of like vintage Pokemon cards today. It's like so, I don't even know if that'll make the Instagram because I'm I keep forgetting to take pictures and I probably should. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, also we're online, uh, thedeckboxhalifax.com, all the usual stuff. And in terms of being in person, uh, we're at 1980 Brunswick Street. We're open seven days a week. I close for Christmas because I like being married and not being divorced. That's the only reason we're, we're open. So when, open you're, when you're open on Christmas, we'll know that you've hit rock it's bottom. Over. It's yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, we interrupted you. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so thank you again, Josh. You can find us, of course, on uh, on Facebook, EDH Rect. You can email us if you wish, although that's checked very irregularly at EDHRECT at gmail.com. <laughs> we have a Patreon that you can go check out. I would like to give a shout-out to everyone that if you do choose to sign up at our Patreon, we would prefer that people sign up at the lowest value. I can't actually change them anymore because people are still logged in as them, even if they've dropped. But I want to phase out the idea of having anything but the lowest value in Patreon. So, uh we're not in this for the money, obviously. Uh, so if you do want to support us, that'd be great. But we certainly don't want uh, to push it on anyone. So, uh, And you can find us on Twitter where you only get my hot takes because Evan forgot the password and I never gave it back. It's been like a year and a half. It's been at least a year. But and if a you half. want to message me, you can find us on Facebook because I don't think you use the Facebook I don't group, use Facebook so anymore. Uh, I'm actually completely off Facebook for the most part. I check it about once a week because I took it off my phone. Uh, so you can, it's, uh, uh, oh, it's just, it was, it was too much for me. Uh, it was too much of a distraction at work. It was, it was terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm the Twitter guy. He's the Facebook guy. So feel free to shout out to us. And of course, uh, you can find us on discord. If you want to join and just give us a shout and we'll jump you in. Thank yeah. you for joining us again, Josh. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend and, uh, we will chat with you soon. I'm sure. That sounds great. Thanks guys. It was fun. It was nice to kind of go through it all. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Have a good night, everyone. See you later. Been living like a fucking reptile. Face down in the gutter for two days.